Hey, everybody. Hi. Uh, right. Um, uh, for those of you who are um, used to being around here, um, uh, you'll know that we, one of our values as a church is we, we want to hear what the Holy Spirit's saying and uh, to do what he says. Um, so when it comes to one of those occasions when you're in a time of worship and you feel that God wants to do things a bit differently, then, you know, it's just our responsibility to respond to that. So we're going to do a bit of that this morning. Um, and, uh, you know, quite often we'll start with worship most normally, and then we'll, we'll normally have a, a preach after that. Um, but we don't want to be restricted by that, do we? Because if God's got something specific he wants to do, um, I think it's really important that we, we do that. We don't plod along in our, our little preconceived agendas. So um, don't, look, don't be worried. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to do anything embarrassing or anything like that. Uh, but what I was feeling when Chris shared at the beginning, um, I just felt there was something quite significant about it. Not just in... Uh, where is Chris? Oh, okay. So there wasn't just something significant in in what he did, even though that was obviously very significant. But I felt there was something significant about that type of thing and that there was something that God may want to kick off. Uh, and in, in just talking to a couple of people, uh, I feel I'm not the only one that, that is feeling that's what God's wanting to do with us this morning. So I think there might be a bit of activation of the prophetic uh, this morning for people maybe who haven't stepped out before or maybe you have and you've left that for a while. I just think there's some more of that to come. So be expectant. Uh, for God to speak to you this morning. Um, I was going to be preaching, but I'm, I'm not going to. I just want to share for a, a, just a few minutes uh, a very small, uh, not yet, don't worry, Gail, uh, in a second, thanks, uh, just a very small part of, of, of what I was going to say and with a slightly different emphasis. So um, I think sometimes there can be a bit of a block for us to, to stepping out uh, in the prophetic. I think sometimes... We can. There's that theology, isn't there, of, of the kind of, you know, about the, the emphasis of humility. Now, humility is a very powerful thing, and it, it's it's a really godly thing, and it's a really really important thing that we need to we need to be humble. We need to know what it is to operate in humility. But I do think that sometimes we have a bit of a misunderstanding about what that is, um, because we can sometimes. I think there's that that feeling that humility sort of means. Or being humble means I have to pull back and not be myself and sort of kind of think of myself as, as a, bit, a bit worthless so that I can elevate others. Now, you might be thinking, no, I don't think that at all, in which case that's fine. But I, th- I do think sometimes there's an element of that in our, in our thinking about humility. But humility is actually a place, I think, of authority and power and and I think God wants us to really understand that. So I just I talk for a couple of minutes about this, and then I'm going to hand over to Neil, and we're going to see what uh, what God's going to do. So, um, yeah, in John three thirty, uh, um, it's, it, G, uh, John the Baptist says that what his disciples come to him. So, well, look, Jesus is, is baptizing a load of people, and he says, look, he must become greater, and I must become less. Okay, now. You can take that and think, oh, I've got to become less, like, you know, almost like nothing. The me's got to disappear. And there is some truth in the fact that, you know, we died with Christ. You know, there is a death that takes place. There's a death to ourselves. But there is also a resurrection as well. Now, John the Baptist, I don't want him as my entire model because he was shortly beheaded after that. I don't really... Now, that is... That's becoming less in the most extreme way. 
And, and I don't believe that the majority of us are called to that. Okay? So humility then is it, there is a, an, a sort of becoming less, but it's actually a becoming more as well. Now, I'll tell you what I mean. So I was talking to Ruth about this last week, and she, she said it's like a painting where you can see it's like a faint, a faint outline, like if you can imagine a water, a watercolour or something like that. But, but as, you, as, as you become more of who God's called you to be, it's like the colour is filled in and it becomes more vivid and people are more likely to come and eat the fruit. Now, it's still, the, it's still you, the you, the part of you that obviously, uh, which is maybe not trusting God, unbelieving, yeah, those things need to die. But, but we're not losing our personality. God doesn't want everybody to be exactly the same. He really doesn't. We're a body, and we work together because of the variety and because of the difference. And, and if God wanted us to be all the same, he wouldn't give us all different gifts. You know, as I look around and I see the happy, smiling faces, and I think, you guys, you are gifted. You're so called, and there are so many different ways in which God has, has put things in you, and different mixes of, well, there's a bit of that there, and you, oh, you've got hospitality, and you, and you do this, and I just love the way you do that, and, and you might be skilled at IT, and you might be really good at understanding this and, and, and loving people in that way. And, and I love the way God puts that together, because together we express the fullness of Christ, not as individuals. So... Um, so I just wanted to talk about, about our value because God does not want you to diminish yourself in order to esteem others. What he wants is he wants you to be so clear on how much value that you have in his sight that you can esteem others above yourself with total security and total peace. So do you understand the difference? It's not from a place of thinking, oh, I'm actually nothing, I'm rubbish, and therefore you're best than me. I don't believe God wants that. I don't think any father wants that of his children. I don't want my children to think, to to kind of elevate others because they think they're rubbish. Do you know what I mean? I want them to be secure in who they are, in who God has made them to be, secure in that, and therefore, out of that security, you can then prefer somebody else. Jesus was quite happy to wrap a towel around his waist and wash the dirty, smelly feet of the disciples as an act of servanthood. But that wasn't because he thought he was rubbish. It wasn't because he had an identity issue. He was very clear on who he was. He'd heard the voice in, uh, at his baptism, I think it's Luke 3, where, and, and other places as well, where he hears the Father's voice, You're my son whom I love with you, I'm well pleased. And again in Matthew 17, when he's up in the Mount of Transfiguration, this is my son whom I love, with him I'm well pleased, listen to him, it says. And, um, and so actually, Jesus was clear on that. And because of his clarity about who he was and about God's love for him, he was able to then elevate others. And I believe that is what the humility that we're called to. It's being able to serve, being able to take a, a lower place, but not because you think you're lower, it's, it says, so in, in, in Philippians 2, when it talks about Christ's humility, and it says, have, have the same attitude, um, it's, it's about consider others greater than yourself. It's not actually saying, it, it's like having that mindset of, I want to esteem you above where I am, because I want to love you. But if we can do that from a place of knowing who we are, uh, it's awesome. Could I, do you think you could get that picture up, if you can? So what is it that, that gives us that value? Uh, our inherent value. Um, Can I have my water? Is it down there, Joseph? Is my water down there? Anyway? 
sorry. Oh, don't worry if I haven't. I've probably left it some. Oh, sorry, I've got it. Oh, thanks, Chris. Thank you, mate. Okay. I'd like to, I'd like to introduce you to somebody. It's somebody very special to me. Now, this is Bobby Bear. Okay. Not many of you know him yet. Um, but he was a very good friend to me for many years. Uh, he, he used to lie on my bed and uh, he was there every day when I got home from school. Uh, and we'd, I'd sort of cuddle him and stuff when I was feeling scared and whatever. Uh, and, uh, and now Bobby Bear, he's, as you can see, he's a bit threadbare. threadbare. Uh, and you can't tell from the picture, but he actually smells a bit as well. He smells a bit musty through uh, an experience of being stuck at the back of the wardrobe for many years before I discovered there was some damp. Um, but anyway, there he is. So I would imagine that to most people here, Bobby Bear doesn't have much, much particular value. However, if, if we had a house fire and I was on my way out and I caught, and I caught sight of Bobby Bear, do you know what? I would grab him and take him out with me. So he, he has value to me. Now let's take, let's, let's, let's take this, make this a bit more extreme. Now just supposing that I cared so much about him that having got out of the burning house, if I hadn't, supposing I hadn't seen him on the way out, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go back in, I'm going to get him. I can't leave Bobby Bear in a burning house, okay? Now let's take it just to the one more ridiculous extreme. Okay, just suppose I know that if I go back in the house, I'm actually going to be killed in the flames, but I can rescue him and throw him out the window. Now just supposing that I was so... I, I cared about him so much that I was prepared to do that. Okay, now that surely, would that not give him some value? Is it, is it not? Is your value not defined by basically how much someone would pay for you or, or a thing. It's so something on eBay, you might see something, you think, well, that, I wouldn't want that, but somebody's just bought it for you know, 500 pounds or something. That's got value to them. And, and so our value is defined by what God was willing to pay for us. Now, you don't need anything else. You don't need to have done anything. You don't need to have been anywhere. You don't need to have been successful by any of the world's standards. You are inherently valued. Even if, like Bobby Bear, he's full of straw or something, probably. I don't know. What do they put in those things? He's full of fluff. Okay, there's in, if, you, if you actually take him and look at him, you could even say, well, there's not actually inherent value, but he has value because I love him. Now, that's not the case with us because we're, we're kind of beyond that because we're actually made in God's image to start with. But we are the focus of his love. And that is what gives us that value and and i i really I, I feel in in what god wants to do this morning that that might be a, a little bit of a starting point for some people i just i, I feel that may, maybe for some of us here you just need to be aware of god's love and acceptance of you regardless of anything you do or have done anything good or bad because his love for you is, it says i think it's in Romans somewhere, it says, um, <laughs> excuse me, uh, 
in Romans somewhere, it says, uh, 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 God showed that we were, his love for us in this, that when we were sinners, he died for us. Or is that, it might be in Ephesians as well. Where is it, sorry? Romans 8, thank you. Um, and I think, it's in, I, do think, I do think it might be Ephesians 2 as well, possibly. Um, and, um, and so we, we can have that security of knowing, even if I mess up, I'm loved. You know, and you can't get away with that excuse that, well, God's called everybody. God loves everybody, so therefore it devalues the love he's got for me. Do you see what I mean? It, it, it's like if you, were in a, if you were invited to a party and everybody else at the school was invited to the same party, you might think, well, that's not really special, is it? It doesn't feel as special as if I was one of three that were selected. But that's not, it's not like that with God's love because Jesus said he, he knows, he calls each of his, his sheep, the good shepherd calls each of his sheep by name. He, and your invitation is a very special invitation. It's written out to you because he knows you. And he, he, it, it, his invitation will, will it, in the writing of it, it would have the things that he loves about you, the things that he's specifically put in you that are different to anybody else. And so, just again, go, just winding back and picking up on what Chris was doing earlier. In stepping out, Chris was risking something. He was risking looking foolish. He was risking rejection. But if we can be in that place where we know the thing that counts the most is you're loved, you're accepted, your value isn't defined by your performance. Now, God wants us to do the things that he's made us to do. You know, he doesn't want us to just lie down and sleep or anything. Not all the time, anyway. Uh, but he, but there, we have an inherent value because of the love that God has for us. And so I, I just want to encourage you, if you if you are if you find that hard to receive, then I just want you you to think about Bobby Bear. Okay, I just want you to think about about the way that God loves you, the what he, the lengths that He has gone to to demonstrate that love for you. You are valued in His sight, and He. And I, I would just love to encourage you to step out. You know, and the other thing about about having that security of knowing who you are is as we relate together, it means if you... So, for example, if you're having conflict with somebody, the, 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 I think the toughest thing about conflict is when it gets personal, is, is that thing that you tend to react, don't you, to somebody... If somebody says something that hurts or it insults you or it puts you down, then immediately there's the defensive thing that comes up. I, some years ago, I, I read some stuff that A.W. Tozer wrote um, where he had, I think it was, seven principles for living... I think it was, and uh, and there were things like um, get rid of any sense of possession, deal thoroughly with sin. I can't remember the others off the top of my head, but uh, but one of them was never defend yourself. It's one of his principles, um, and and if we can be in that place of security of knowing who we are, when somebody s- says something to us that hurts a bit or could potentially hurt, do you know you can actually not react, but actually see what, what, where is this person coming from? How can I love them the most? And although I, I'd love to be able to say I, I do this all the time, uh, there are occasions when I've done that. And I felt, actually, do you know what? It's resolved much better. In fact, my boss the other week, I, I, I got into an email chain with somebody that got a little bit uh, 
critical and, well, it, it got confrontational is a better word than critical. So it's quite confrontational. And, I was, and this guy sent me some things that were quite pointed and, and I thought, right, I've, I've got some good things to say here. And I wrote some things in this email and I was about to click send and I thought, I'll tell you what, I'll just run it by my boss before I do that just to, to make sure I'm not going to cause a problem. So I sent it to my boss and said, I'm going to send this. Is that okay? And he, he sent an email back. He just said, well, why don't you just have a conversation with him instead? Um, which was good advice because I'd got into that silly zone of kind of, oh, I'm going to, I'm, I want to give you a piece of my mind. I want to respond to that because that's totally unfair. Uh, uh, and of course, that wasn't that wouldn't it wasn't the, it would not have been the best thing to do. It would have escalated it. And so, having that having a security of this is who we are, this is who God's made us to be, it gives us a platform on which we can step out in in situations that involve some risk. We will be able to love one another and esteem one another with, from a place of security and strength, because God doesn't want us to to degrade ourselves. He wants you to know you're greatly loved. And on the basis of that, you can then uh, esteem others. Um, so I'm, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I felt that that was, that was kind of a bit, perhaps for some of us, a bit of a, a, a step that was needed. Because I do believe that God wants us to step out in boldness um, and that that might be a foundation for some of us. Father, thank you for your love for us. Lord, thank you that there was no length that you were not prepared to go to uh, for us. Thank you that you, you've created us. And Lord, you have woven us together in this family and in your global family, Lord, of, of people who uh, you, just, you want to be expressing your love your character, your to reaching out to those around us and touching them with a love where maybe they've not even been felt a love like that before. Lord, you've called us to to go and be around and amongst people who maybe don't know your love or don't know what it is to be loved. And Lord, in in experiencing the love that you have for us and us being able to love others with that love, um, Father, they experience something of you. Lord, we want to be people who build your kingdom. And Lord, we want to be people who understand and have a revelation of your love for us that is so deep that nothing can kind of shake or penetrate. That's like the Apostle Paul praying um, about that we would have eyes, the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to grasp the, the height and the depth and the width and the, <laughs> width and the breadth of, of your love, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I, I just call on you now, Father, for this uh, company of people here, Father, for each one of us, that you would enlighten the eyes of our heart to grasp uh, daily more and more the extent of your love for us. Because, Lord, that is the secure foundation for us. Lord, for each person here, Lord, as, as, we, as we're standing here with our hearts open to you, with hands out, Father, Lord, I ask just that you would deposit right now by your spirit in people's hearts the revelation of your love and acceptance. Father, I also ask that you would begin to stir up gifting as well, gifting that operates out of the security 
uh, and the knowledge of your love. Father, I just pray for a, a breaking off of of kind of self-rejection and and things that come from maybe past experience and hurt, things that where our view of ourselves have been shaped by others around us, maybe even by those who have been in authority uh, in our lives. But Lord, we we want to submit to the greater authority in our lives, which is you. Father, you're the one who has the final word uh, on us. And uh, yeah, Father, I pray in Jesus' name for revelation to come. Lord, open the eyes of our hearts, Father, to know you better. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Jesus.